It is good to be back with you all here in sunny Cedar Rapids. We just returned from two weekends off in Florida and Orlando, worshiping the mouse, Mickey Mouse, and throwing thousands of dollars of feet at his altar, uh, the great idol of United States, Walt Disney, but uh, we loved every second of it. And uh, I got to tell you, a bit of my heart is still in Florida with those 70 degrees and sunshine, but um, I I didn't think about you people once. (laughs) I didn't say a single prayer. Uh, I didn't play counselor. I wasn't pastor. I was just dad, and it was glorious until the plane ride home. Um, So what happened was on on the ride home, we were in seats of three. And my wife, Katie, and our two older sons were in, in one row. And then our six-year-old, Brock, and I were in the row in front of him with a, an open third seat. And that seat was occupied by a young woman uh, who started, when we took off, could come home, started crying. And started crying pretty loudly and visibly. I thought, oh, Lord, I don't want to play pastor here. But uh, <laughs> I'm feeling your call in this situation. And so I kind of murmured half-heartedly, did you leave someone behind? And she said, yes, her, she just found out her dad died that morning. And she had went down to visit him and to kind of reconcile with him and was able to do that in Florida. And now was heading home to Iowa and just got word before she got on that he had passed and didn't belong to a church and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, I just don't want to be a counselor right now. I, I, not that I didn't want to. I just, I wasn't in the mode. I, you know, I wasn't ready or prepared. I haven't been working and I thought I would be inadequate. And at that time, our six-year-old says, well, you know, my dad's a pastor. <laughs> and I, I asked Brock if I could share this story and Katie, and they said, that's fine. They don't like to share a lot of family stories. But this seems kind of apropos to, to today's gospel, so how God uses all of us. Um, I said, thanks, Brock. And... Uh, <laughs> So I tried to half-heartedly be a, a li- good listener and, and hear her out and, uh, and then, you know, kind of offer some comfort that as Christians, you know, we don't, we grieve, but we don't grieve as those without hope, right? Um, we, we grieve, but we have that hope of resurrection and that you'll see your dad again. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I hope it is, you know, through Jesus. And she said, I have that hope. And so that, that was great. But beyond that, um, our six-year-old uh, started to uh, show her his games and his Nintendo Switch and tell her all about his Legos, and they were having this great conversation, and she even voiced it at one point, our passenger. She said, Brock, you're just what I needed today. And to watch that little six-year-old minister to her, to be a, a good friend, uh, was just uh, beyond words. And I was able to sit back and kind of read my book and just say, thank you, Jesus, and, and watch, watch God work through him. In today's story, uh, we see that everyone does their part. In today's gospel story, everyone does their part. Everyone has a, a role. Of course, we know the role of baby Jesus is to, uh, to save the world, to inspire us, and the baby was there. Uh, Mary and Joseph had a role as parents to bring him there to, to church, as was their custom. Uh, to have him named, officially named, and circumcised, and blessed, and purified. And, and we know we don't have to go through that process, because the, the angels appeared to Mary, and then Joseph, and said, you're going to name him Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. So they didn't have to go through this human custom, but they did it because that's their role. That was their job as parents, to bring their little one to church. And so they did that. 
They fulfilled their role, Mary and Joseph did as parents. Jesus fulfilled his role as the baby, the savior. But then there are some other characters that fulfill their role I want to focus on this morning that really kind of touched my heart. The first is a gentleman by the name of Simeon. He's an older man of the church, and he kind of is there to mentor uh, this young family in faith. He's not related to them. There's no connection there. But he's a devout man of the church, and he, he speaks up and says, God has brought me here for this moment to proclaim to you. And he grabs Jesus, and he says, this little baby is going to be the savior of the world, not to us, just us Jews, God's chosen people, but to the Gentiles, everyone, right? The, the non-believers, the non-churchgoers, the, the skeptics, the, everyone. This child is, is a savior for everyone. Simeon was there and played his part. And then perhaps my favorite character, Anna. Scripture says, uh, what, a, what a great story of, of triumph over tragedy. She, scripture said she was married for just seven years. Scholars believe, you know, she had been married in her teens, somewhere in there, and, and then widowed at about 25. And she lived, uh, Scripture says, till 84. So she lived from 25 to 84, about 60 years by herself as a faithful woman, uh, the Bible says, waiting day and night, preparing herself in the temple for this very moment. God was preparing her and she was open to being used. And like Simeon, she proclaimed the good news. This child is for everyone. It's going to fulfill the hopes of all Jerusalem. This beautiful older woman, Anna, Simeon, this man of faith, the parents, Mary and Joseph, the baby, everyone's playing their part. Do you see that? Say yes everyone's doing their role and it takes us all and we can all have a place and role in this Christian life from a baby, yes, a baby, all the way up to, uh, to an elder. Just last night, we baptized uh, a child here who was one years old, one year old and was beautiful, had a great baptism. We had about 30 people here, was not a member of the church, had just heard about our church, grew up in the Lutheran church, and there was people from Texas and Minnesota and Mississippi. And after the service, they came up to me and said, Pastor, your church is amazing. Thank you for opening this to us and, and this experience. And I'm telling you, friends, that little baby was preaching a sermon last night <laughs> to that family and, and to us. Here he was, not a member, not yet a Christian, right? But preaching to us. God used that baby all the way up to... Uh, Don Johnson, our eldest member who's here today, Don, you're going to have a birthday and it's next month and you're going to be 104. I see you too, Don Bus. Uh, from one to 104, my point is it takes everybody in between to do this thing called life together, right? This God calls us in concert with each other to help minister to each other and mentor to each other and provide for each other. And this is the way it's supposed to work. Everyone has a role. Everyone does their part. Just this last summer, we sent Pastor Steve on sabbatical and he came back and is still pouring in lessons to us from from his spiritual awakening. And uh, when you sent me on sabbatical, thank you for that, a few years ago, uh, we had the, the blessing of taking that time and visiting a few other churches that were reaching out to, to people who are unchurched and doing things well. And I got to kind of see a lot of that. And one church we wanted to visit here in the area was really attracting an abnormal amount, a high amount of high, young families. 
Like that's all they had in their church, young families. And so we went down there to worship with them and kind of see their model and, and how they're having such success. And while it was vibrant and the kids were loud and, and worship was crazy and it was all, that, all the things I kind of expected, I told my wife afterwards that I, I felt like I was a little shortchanged, that the church was missing something. And, and frankly, I, I wouldn't want to worship there or belong there. I, I want to worship a place like First Lutheran who, yeah, we have young families, but we also have an elder population, Right? And the two of them, what was missing for me that day was, was the mentors, was the Simeons, was the Annas. There wasn't a person over 50 in that church. And, and to me, there's such wisdom from lived experience. And you're called, those of you who have this wisdom, are called to impart that to the younger generations. That's your calling. You have a purpose, right? You have a place. And finally, I think... Um, one, everyone does their part. Two, everyone has a defined role. I think everyone is there not by accident, but on purpose, and that includes you. Yeah. One commentator from a, 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 I was reading in my research today about Simeon said that he wasn't there, he wasn't in the right place at the right time. Yeah. He didn't feel that at all. He says that in the story. He says, the spirit has led me here to this moment for this reason, and after he hands Jesus back, he said, now the spirit has been fulfilled. My life has been fulfilled. This was my purpose. I was here for this purpose, right? And we all have a, a purpose. We're all there on purpose. One of our colleagues I had for uh, a number of years, you remember Pastor Kay Slocum? Some of you remember her? She was an associate here for 20 years. She said, there is no such thing with God as circumstance. Oh, there was great circumstances. I was on the plane next to that lady, right? No, no, no. She said it's God in stance. That God has a, a reason and a purpose for you being there, like Simeon, right? And there's nothing more beautiful for us as church staff than to see you integrate before and after service and throughout the week and through mentoring and through classroom grandparenting and through Sunday school and teaching confirmation and all this stuff and being at games and, and concerts and stuff. All this stuff that you're doing that interlocks and interweaves and is the body of Christ. It's on purpose. You have a purpose. And if it's not for that specific moment like Simeon, then perhaps God is preparing you like Anna, who didn't know maybe that she was supposed to be there that day, but she had faithfully for six decades been prepared and ready for that moment. And you may never know when that moment comes where God places you in a situation and is calling you to provide an ear of comfort, right? To provide a good word that death is not the end, that there is more to life, that we're, you don't go through this alone, we go through this together. Going all the way back to that plane ride when our little six-year-old said, well, you know, my dad's a pastor. I'm going to translate that for you. That's, that's six-year-old speak for, that's, that's what, how six-year-olds think. My dad's a pastor, right? What he's saying is, I see you're crying, and you're hurting, and I know that this guy can help you. Let me connect you with him. This guy can tell you about Jesus, yeah. right? And I did. I told her about Jesus, and we had that conversation. Yeah. But what's even more beautiful to me is that six-year-old just didn't point to the, the hired help who could help this woman, right? right? He stepped up, and he was that person. Yeah. He ministered to her. He was a caring friend. Yeah. And as she said, you're just what I needed. Yeah. 
Friends, maybe you are just what somebody else needs today, this afternoon, at a Super Bowl party, or this week at work, or at school, or maybe a little later this month. Maybe God is preparing you something for later this year. I just would ask and pray that you're open to that moment and realize that God can use you, whether you're a one-year-old or 104 or anything in between. Amen.